Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat. All I have to say is this. It's Friday. It's Friday again. And then it's Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. Here I, we are. You know what, though? I always feel like Friday is going to be a hit or miss show. I'm either like, let's go. Or I'm like, oh, my God, it's Friday. I just have to get through. Drag your body into the weekend. I'll say yeah. this. Last night, I was so excited. I'm a little bit congested. I'm so sorry. Allergy season is killing me this year. Um, but... I was so tired because I had a couple of events this week. Were you the tired? The, I was exhausted. Were you tired? Because Listen. you seem to have had enough time to send me multiple TikTok videos. Okay, well, that's kind of the reason I'm tired. One of which, literally, Uh-oh. there's one that you sent me. And if you know AJ, AJ's my best friend. Listen, it is what it is. AJ loves Scream. AJ listened to the Scream soundtrack alone when we get home from school. T- as a lights teenager. off, mm-hmm. headphones, like a freaky boy. I found okay? out just a couple days ago I might have a connection to Nev Campbell. Which I'm dying for you. So, so he sends me this video. I've seen this video before, but it was pleasing me. Please, Vanessa, play the audio of the video. Hey, do you mind if I play some sounds to fall asleep? I have some trouble sometimes. No, absolutely not. Go Thank for you it. so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My fiance showed me this last night, and I immediately said it's a TikTok oh video. And th- so, so basically, if you know how TikTok trends work, sometimes people use this audio, then they'll make other funny videos, right? And this is girl just casually asking her friend, she's like, "Hey, do you mind if I play something to help me sleep?" And that's what plays. But this like, is a very you it's thing. So me. Some people like rain. Some people like white noise. You like killers. The sound of somebody getting murdered is (laughs) apparently thrilling to me. So I sent it to Michaela last night, and here we are. Yeah, I've not slept well this week because I've I've been so busy, but I took a full, like, a sleeping aid last night, like a full pill. Uh Uh-uh, honey. Those things make me groggy. Listen, we talked to Dr. Uh, Barone. Barone. Who said if you even take just melatonin, it can make you feel like a little hungover. He doesn't fully recommend it. Yeah, so I, it was one of those days where I was like, I'm so tired. I could not nap all week long. I had so many things going on. And then finally today, I was like, I need to sleep. So Luck. here I am. Good. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to be your best friend. Um, and you know how to help me sleep if I ever need it. Play play a horror film. I'll fall asleep I, and, every single time. And now I know, baby. And now I know. Also, we've got Samuel Garrett Pate calling in today for Red, White, and Q. He's our political uh, analyst from Equality, uh, California, talking to us about uh, trans kids and their parents in Texas, what's going on down there. Uh, it's really just 
absolutely awful. And Ron DeSantis as well. We have some audio of him bullying some teenagers. Um, it's just, listen, we've also got a mother calling in today. This, this is pretty is incredible this stuff. Is big news. Our producer is so fantastic. Sherry actually has a mother from Orlando, Florida, calling in to talk about their trans child and how this bill is affecting her family and other families like hers. It's a personal story. Uh, you got to be here for it. It's a great day here on the Morning Beat. Uh, right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's happening around the world? Well, there's a lot going on, babe. Uh, students across Florida staged school walkouts in response to legislation dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill that would prohibit discussing sexual orientation and gender identity in the state's primary schools. Proponents of the measure, which is officially titled the Parents' Education Rights Bill, have contended that it would give parents more discretion over what their children can learn in school. And they say LGBTQ issues are not age-appropriate for the age group. Students waving rainbow picket signs and shouting, We Say Gay, and walkouts across the state in Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee, and other cities rejected the assertion. Now, the language and the supporters of the bill and the rhetoric around the bill really shows what this bill is, and it's an attempt to hurt queer people like me, uh, said one student who organized the statewide protests on social media and led his school's protest in Palm Coast. After the rally, he said he was called into the principal's office and suspended indefinitely. He said he was punished for distributing 200 pride flags for the rally after having been advised not to do so by the principal. Uh, Flagler Palm Coast High School did not immediately respond to a request for comment. You know, it's so interesting to me that we want to, like, push the First Amendment and everybody has freedom of speech and you can do whatever you want to do. But this kid is now going to get suspended indefinitely. Who knows how that can affect his education, uh, whatever career he chooses to have, um, because he was putting together so responsibly and understandably a rally for uh, the Don't Say Gay Bill. Republicans are vile. Yeah. It is what it is and I'm not even going to mince words anymore. The Republican Party is disgusting and those who still support these candidates like Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott and Donald Trump you're part of this. You're part of this. You can't hide behind the word log cabin anymore and say I'm a log cabin Republican or I'm a Bush Republican. No, if you're voting Republican, you're voting for these things and you're voting against our community. You're voting against children's safety. You're voting against the lives of queer people. Period. Point blank. End of sentence. 100%. So I don't know how more succinctly to put that, but that is where we are in 2022. So figure it out. You might not love Democrats. You might not want to vote for them. But if it's going to save lives right now until you can until you can sort of regain control of your Republican Party and make it what it's supposed to be, like you got to do what you got to do to save and protect human life. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into a little weather. 61 in L.A. today, 64 in Vegas, 72 in Palm Springs, 75 in Houston and a whopping 72 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Many folks think they aren't good at earning money when what they don't know is actually how to use it. <laughs> okay. I, I like that vibe. Okay, that's okay. It's an okay vibe. It's an okay. We've got more time. Be good with your money. It's payday. It's payday. Ba- oh my God, it's payday. You don't know this every morning you wake up on payday? It's the first thing I look God. at. I love Friday. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. 
Okay, so there's a, a Reddit subthread called Ask Gay Men, where, you know, gay men or people who are just curious go on and ask questions about how to sort of like navigate life and dating and sex and sexuality and all these things, right? Uh, and Queerty did a really fantastic article. Shout out to the Queerties, by the way, the other night, their 10th anniversary celebration. Michaela and I were both there. So much fun. It felt so yes. good to be around our people once again. Um, but one person wrote, when a guy asks for your D pic or nudes, but you don't want to send those pics, do you apologize to him? I've always said, sorry, I can't send my D pick or nudes because I don't like sending my D pick or nudes to <laughs> random people. And uh, then they said, because I feel guilty. I feel guilted into doing it. And when I don't do it, I feel like I'm letting somebody down. Let's give some advice to this person, Michaela. Please, Lord. Because this is a real thing. And I think that I know that with men on these apps and, and dating websites and things like that, you know, we just had a conversation for my podcast, Confess Your Mess, with Willem from, uh, well, kind of from RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, but it's sort of like found their own path to fame since then. And they talked about sort of, you know, their sexual expression and sort of how free they are and, and their, their dating life and what that looks like. And I was like, oh, wow, you're wild. You're much more open about these things than, than a lot of people are. But I did share a story, my own dating history, when I met somebody and we went on a couple of dates and then became good friends on Manhunt years ago. Mm-hmm. And Manhunt was even before most people had laptops or uh, you had to like log on to your like Dell desktop, your gateway computer and chat with people in a chat room and send private messages way before Grindr and Scruff and, and Tinder and all of these other, other, other apps. Apps weren't even a thing yet. And it's interesting because even back then, most of the pictures were torso. And the very first question you usually get is to send nudes. And I remember always feeling like I needed to send them, but usually not. And if I didn't send them, I felt like I was being judgmental. I, I felt like I was being like, I was like shaming people who were sending them. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this guy feeling the pressure to send D-pics is the pressure that gay men feel to be in shape, is the pressure that women Mm -hmm. feel to need to have, like, these big butts and these big full lips. Like, they're things that actually shouldn't matter, but because we've normalized it so much that you, like, end up feeling like you're not good enough or, like, you're not going to find a man or a woman. I was literally talking to Lisa yesterday about how many women simply look like Kim Kardashian. BBLs have never been more popular. Brazilian butt lifts, in case you're curious. Yeah, veneers Uh are done on kids that are 18. I mean, the pressure to look a certain way, to act a certain way, even if it's completely against your, like, moral code, you do it. Well, okay, I'm curious because... I, I you often hear, and I think this is pretty kind of accepted um, as being real, that most women do not prefer nudes or d-pics for men. Right. It's kind of like okay, that's gross. I did not ask for that. Do lesbian women, when they're on these apps, send pictures to other lesbian women? Um, is that more common? Or I mean, no? I, unfortunately, I've been in a relationship the whole time that dating apps have been a thing. <laughs> same, same. But I will say that me and Lisa used to send, not used to, but we're just together like all the time now. We used to send nudes to each other. Uh-huh. And it was just like 
to spice it up, but I know that women send nudes to each other when they're not in relationships. I think it all just needs to be like solicited. I think it's like when you just get a D pic, like nothing infuriates me more than when I go to open up Instagram. I'm in a totally different mindset. I've just seen like a picture of my niece and then I open up a message and it's like this big, gross yeah. penis. I, I'm like, bro, I didn't ask yes. for that. I was out to drinks with my cousin a few years ago, probably four or five years ago at least. And we were going to see a movie and we were walking back from like down the street to go to this movie theater and we were in Snapchat. And I'm not even on Snapchat anymore because people used to send me just videos constantly of, of themselves on Snapchat because they would disappear and then they feel like, hey, I did a thing. Yeah. And I was just so kind of turned off by it because I'm not interested. Like, I don't care. Like, you have the most gorgeous penis on the world, in the world, or like the greatest butt. I don't care. Like, I'm in love with my partner. That doesn't mean I'm blind. You know, that doesn't mean I still don't look or flirt, but I don't need that. And we were walking down the street and I opened a video and she goes, oh my God, what's that? That's not a meal. And it was like a white guy. So she was like, that's not a meal. Nah. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And so I felt, I was like, okay, I feel weird now. Yeah. Like my cousin probably thinks I'm doing this, but totally. I wasn't. Uh, People yeah. just send them unsolicited. So listen, we get it. If you don't want to send pics, don't send pics. And if you're just on an app for a hookup, that still doesn't even mean you need to send pics. You can still go about it a different way. It's also okay for people to send you those pics, I think, in my mind, um, unsolicited or not, you're on there to hook up certain apps. You have to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Right? If you're on Scruff, you're on Grinder. people aren't going there generally to make friends and to talk about, you know, water water cooler topics. They're on there to hook up. Yeah. So maybe don't be offended if somebody sends you one, but also don't feel like you need to send one back. Totally. I think everything just is up to your own discretion and i think that you shouldn't have to feel any pressure like apologize for nothing yeah nothing all right speaking of nudity britney spears is defending her nude instagram post and her defense makes incredible sense she's thrown it back to when she was 17 do you agree we'll talk about it and what's popping the morning beat channel q Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for being here. Just want to remind you that in our third hour today at 8.20 Pacific, 11.20 Eastern, we're going to be joined by a woman um, who is a mother of a trans child who lives in Orlando, Florida, who's going to be talking to us on a personal level uh, about how the Don't Say Gay bill is affecting her family and others like hers. Uh, Her story is powerful, and you need to be here for that conversation. It's an important one today here on the show. Right now, though, it's time for What's Pop. And Michaela, what do you have? Okay, so Britney Spears is on vacation with her man, and she's posted multiple nude photos. She is covering her breasts. You can't see any of her parts, but there's been a lot. And Instagram trolls started coming after her, calling it embarrassing and very disturbing. Um, And now she's hitting back um, with an Instagram post. She said, I bet you're wondering why I'd expose my body now. Um, and she said that she came out of the womb like that. It's not weird. It's because I was born into this world naked. And honestly, I feel like the weight of the world has been on my shoulders and it made me view myself that way. I wanted to see myself in a lighter way, naked like the way that I'm born. I'm beautiful. I'm a sensitive woman who needs to look at myself in the purest. Um, and people were still not buying it. So then she went off again and she's referring to a lot of like liberation and freedom. But she said, uh... Alrighty then, folks. Showing my body in French Polynesia as a rebel and free woman. I will do big letters because I think that means it's important and I don't want to be left out. 
She then starts criticizing people about thinking it was okay to see her um, posing in the, next to nothing when she was 17, but now they have a problem with it now. She's calling out ageism. She's saying that uh, people had no issue with magazines magazines, and execs making money off a 21-year-old Britney's nudity, but are up in arms when a 40-year-old does it. Uh, everyone should be ashamed of themselves. She just wants to be free. I mean, she's going on a major, major rant. And um, well, I mean, her the way that she was sexualized before she was even an adult, as a teenager, right? And the way that the, the world celebrated her body then and is trying to tell her to shut it down as a forty-year-old woman is hypocritical. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think it's very uh, similar to Madonna putting out those nudes at, at, at her age now, which is over 60. And she was saying it was fine when I made the sex book, but now people like 50 Cent are going to call me out. Like, I don't think so. And I mean, look, it's her body. She can do whatever she wants. I will say, just to be completely honest, there's so much freedom when you're naked and like the wind is going. Like, I love being naked. I feel totally free. I enjoy it. Is she trying to make a point? I, I don't know, but I think that she can do whatever she wants because she has, she's she has had control of her life for over a decade. Do yeah. what you want. It's a body. Yeah, it's a body. Yeah, and she and you can't see anything. Like again, to repeat, you can't see anything. It's just a Why lot don't we of just photos. celebrate how great she looks? Yeah, seriously. Her. All right, coming up in the next hour, trans kids and their parents are still very much in danger in Texas, and we are joined with our political expert for Red, White, and Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. It's red, white, and Q this hour. We're going to be joined by uh, Samuel Garrett-Pate from Equality California, uh, talking about trans kids and their parents in Texas, also talking about Ron DeSantis in Florida. He's a bully. He bullied some kids at a press conference yesterday high school, like teenagers, for wearing masks. He literally berated them in front of everybody. It's so vile to me. Uh, And we have the audio for you. We're going to share it with you this hour and get Samuel Garrett Pate's take. Also, make your own opinions. Maybe you think he's great. Maybe you love it. Who knows? I will say this. Here in Los Angeles County, 
The mask mandate has been lifted. We've been wearing masks for the better part of two years. There was like a couple week break months ago where we thought we were in the clear and then we went right back into it. Today's the first day in two years, essentially, that we've not been in a mask. Yeah. Which some people feel very uncomfortable about. But me, I'm I'm there. I'm ready. I've been vaxxed twice. I've been boosted. I've been I've done everything. You're ready to live, honey. Yeah. I low-key feel like I'm a little bit immune because there have been a couple of situations over the last couple of years where I've been in pretty packed situations and I've had a couple cocktails and take my mask off and I've somehow mm-hmm. come out scot-free. I'm thinking of Denver Pride. Yeah. Celebrating with uh with your girls. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I've been to a couple events. Yeah. But uh listen, do what's best for you right now. Try yeah. to try to protect yourself as much as possible. Follow the guidelines and then let it go. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. So many people did everything right and 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 got sick. So many people did nothing and scot free. Yeah. So just do what's best for you at this point, and um, hopefully we're going to get out of this thing pretty soon. Totally. Uh, right now, it's time for some news on the beat. What do you have for us? All right, babe. Well, Alabama lawmakers advanced legislation that would make it a crime for doctors to give transgender minors puberty blockers, hormones, or surgeries to help affirm their gender identity. The bill is one of several such measures being proposed in state houses across the country. The House Judiciary Committee approved the Senate passed legislation, which now moves to the full Alabama House of Representatives. The committee also approved an identical House version of the bill. The bills would make it a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison for a doctor to prescribe puberty blockers or or hormones or perform surgery to aid in the gender transition of people 18 years old or younger. Allen argued that children are not mature enough to make a decision about the medications and likened it to how lawmakers have passed legislation to protect children from alcohol, smoking, and vaping. It is not good to give these medications to these children, and I consider it to where it would be abuse to give these long-term drugs to these children, he said. Opponents said lawmakers are inserting themselves into decisions that belong to families and doctors. Okay, so I will say this. On a on a logical, like, in some way, I understand what I think they think they're trying to do. I think they think they're protecting children. Right. And I hear that and I can get I, I can get with it to some degree. When in their minds they're liking it to protecting kids from smoking and alcohol and things like that, that makes sense to me. The, the, here's the missing piece though, is that by and large these Republican conservative lawmakers don't know trans kids. They don't know families with trans kids. Totally. So they're making decisions on things they don't know about. I think they might have good intentions. I think they might think they're doing the good work in protecting these children, but they don't have all of the information. And that is the that is the piece of the puzzle that I think we keep missing in all of this. Yeah. We get mad at them, they get mad at us. When in actuality, it's just that 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 human experience of connecting and interacting with somebody different from yourself is the piece of the puzzle that they're missing. Totally. They might have the best intentions. Yep. But it's not what's best for these children. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've actually got a parent of a trans child calling in this later on hour, the show. This hour, I'm next so hour, ready. Next, next hour, hour, I'm sorry. 8 o'clock hour, 11 o'clock on the East Coast at about 8.20, 11.20 Eastern. Um, to have that exact conversation. Yeah, yeah, so important. All right, let's get into weather. 72 in Cathedral City today, a high of... 75 in Phoenix, 75 in Houston, 72 in Palm Springs, 64 in Vegas, 63 in LA, and 41 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be strong because things will get better. It may be stormy now, but it never rains forever. I love it so much, babe. You're welcome. 
All right, coming up, it's Red, White, and Q. Uh, trans kids and their parents are still very much in danger in Texas, and we're joined with our political expert to talk about it next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. I am American. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. We're talking all things politics. We're having a little bit of a technical difficulty getting our guests on the line, so we're going to chat about this on our own. And lucky for you, we have some audio for you. So the Florida governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, is getting some blowback right now because he's at the University of South Florida to announce funding for a cybersecurity education program, which is fantastic, right? Uh, but before taking to the podium to address the audience, uh, he thought it was a good idea to scold a group of high school students behind him for wearing masks. Take a listen. Doing anything, we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is ridiculous. All right. Well, it's good to be at USF. Uh, we've been able to. Um... What a massive a-hole. Like he's talking to high school students and he says it's ridiculous. We have to stop this COVID theater. Listen, sir, there have been nearly one million American lives lost in the last two years because of COVID-19. That's more than every single war we've ever fought in combined. Yeah. And you're going to tell these high school babies that it's ridiculous. Take your mask off. I mean, listen. My partner was deeply affected with COVID. Her sister lost her husband to 40 years due to COVID. I mean... One of my high school best friends is coming to the wedding, and and it's been, and, and I haven't really had a whole, whole lot of conversations recently. She lost her dad to COVID, and he fought so hard for over a month on a ventilator, and it was devastating to their family. And this is, this is how we pay respects to those lives lost. Yeah. I mean, it's just devastating because also... Lisa's brother-in-law didn't wear a mask. He was one of the anti-mat. Like he did what so Ron DeSantis is saying. And it's just irresponsible. I think that also the way that we communicate, um, if he wanted the kids to feel comfortable not wearing their masks, there are so many ways to say it, but to like shame them into not wearing it. And also at a press conference where there's cameras rolling press everybody. everywhere. And the first thing you're going to do before you go out there is get ticked off. And drag some teenage kids, yeah, like, and who are probably so, yeah, who are probably so excited that the governor of their state, regardless of party, it's a big day. The governor of your state comes to your school, that's a big deal. Yeah, and he and he shames them and belittles them like this. I mean, look, he's been known for a long time that he does not like masks. He made a series of moves to block mask mandates, signing an executive order withholding state funds from schools. He endorsed a House proposal to strip $200 million in funding from 12 school districts that defied his order banning mask mandates. I mean, he's willing to go to any length to ensure that people aren't wearing these masks. And unfortunately, it really is just affecting like high school students and kids who are in schools. It's it's tough. I, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my brain around... How, as a society, people are okay with this, like talking to children that way. Uh, an elected official in one of the most populous states in the entire country, one of the most powerful Republicans in the entire party. It's not shocking, but this is where we are. And it always I've said this so many times on the show. People always say, well, Donald Trump, he's, he's a once-in-a-generation type of person. 
Like, he says the wrong thing sometimes, but it's okay. I like his policies. Right. Right? But it's because of Donald Trump that we get people like Ron DeSantis speaking out the way they do and Governor Abbott and Ted Cruz and, and you know, so many, Rand Paul, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, like Lauren Boebert. The reason that Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are so disrespectful during the State of the Union the other night and screaming and, and literally booing President Biden and not even just booing him because booing can happen. That always happens. In yeah. The, the way that they were just speaking over him when he was talking about things like like war and COVID-19 and the loss of life of American citizens and where they're just acting like petulant little bratty children. Right. This is this is the outcome. This is what happens. I, I work with the Anti-Defamation League. Or I did uh, pre-COVID and uh, they, they're basically their entire like organization is here to fight for uh, against anti-Semitism and for the rights of like Jewish Americans, right? Yeah. And they said that last year, I saw this report came out yesterday. Last year was the second highest year on record of anti-Semitic sort of actions taken in the United States. The sentiment towards any sort of person who, who the Republican Party does not deem fully American, like a, a Christian white person, right? That waspy sort of ideal of what some people think our country is, but. It was a record last year, and that and that you're seeing this rhetoric towards Jewish people, towards Asian Americans, towards Black Americans, towards women. When somebody says I grab them by the pee, and they and they are elected president, these are the all the out these are the ripple effects that go on and on and on long past Donald Trump. You know he's not in the White House anymore. He could be buried, dead, six feet under. Yeah. For a decade. Yeah. And this will still continue on because of that. So that's 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 the power of giving somebody a voice that doesn't deserve one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting also because we're in a weird place. We've talked about this a lot. We did all the things that we were supposed to do so that we can now walk around without masks. Because to be honest, they, they're they so uncomfortable. Yeah, of course. Like working out, mm-hmm. doing anything, all speaking with privilege, and I acknowledge that. I hate these stupid masks. Of course, nobody likes them. And I understand the kids being uncomfortable in schools, and I understand my my five-year-old niece not wanting to wear her mask because it's uncomfortable. Sure. But I feel like no one is having conversations that are actually effective. It all is just so pointing fingers and divisive. And yes. It's nobody, just... Yeah. Nobody liked wearing seatbelts at first either. Yeah. There's all sorts of video of people getting interviewed years ago when seatbelts became mandatory. They became like a law across the nation. And people were like, I don't like this thing. I don't, what, what's it going to do? Well, we, they save lives. And masks have saved countless lives. You might not like it. Yeah, but sometimes but, you just got to yeah. do it. And in, in Southern California here in L.A. County, We've been under a mask mandate more than anybody in the entire country, and we're just now coming out of it today, literally, two years in. So if we liberal, mamby-pamby, snowflake lefters here on the West Coast can do it for this long, you can do it too, Ron DeSantis, for just a little bit, and he never did. No, he so, never did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See t 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Grow up. Ron DeSantis, we are not going to Miami and celebrating with you. And, and we are not letting you bully children. Final. The end. Vanessa, take us out. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. We've got our political expert Samuel Garrett-Pate on the line. Sam, thank you so much for joining us for this important mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, all eyes, too. Uh, all eyes are on Texas once again. Governor Abbott is just attacking our, our queer community, as always. Uh, and I do want to remind our listeners that de- denying trans kids gender-affirming care could endanger their lives. More than half of all trans youth in the United States contemplated suicide in 2020. This is according uh, to a recent survey by the Trevor Project. Um, so what we're talking about here, though, is uh, this news that uh, a judge has blocked this child abuse investigation into the family of one trans child in Texas, uh, in part because of the ACLU and Lambda Legal fighting for that family's rights. However, uh, that does not affect all the other countless families in Texas as of right now. Where does this stand and, 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 and how could this play out in the weeks ahead? Well, I, you know, I certainly the legal action that was taken was important and, and that ruling is important. Um, you know, I know that President Biden just the other day announced that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services would be taking action to protect the rights of families to provide their kids with the medical care they need. Um, and we've seen district attorneys across Texas stand up to the governor and say, this is not our job. Our job is to keep our communities safe. Our job is to enforce the law. Our job is not to play politics with families and and their kids and and families who support their kids. Um, you know, this was completely outrageous from the beginning. For years now, we've heard Republicans talk about the importance of parents' rights, whether it was uh, when they're campaigning for school vouchers, um, when they are trying to argue that children shouldn't have <laughs> uh, comprehensive sex education in schools. They, whether they're burning books, right? I mean, we've seen some of the most extreme elements of the Republican Party start to try to ban ban books from our schools, from our libraries. The message time and time again was that they stand up for parents' rights. Mm. And yet here we have the governor of Texas, a Republican conservative, telling parents that he knows better than they do what's good for their children. Mm. Well, I mean, I, it's just absurd, and you can see right through it that it has nothing to do with parents' rights and everything to do with discrimination. Yeah. Well, I think it's devastating because uh, one of the people that are involved is a 16-year-old trans girl who um, could also be not only uh, stopped from the care that she has right now, but also could be taken away from her parents. And it doesn't help that multiple major medical organizations, including American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and the American Psychological Association have all put out guidance uh, 
that supports gender affirming health care and opposes political efforts to interfere in it. It doesn't help that although there is support, there are so many people that are pulling out. It feels like such a betrayal. Let's say the bill passes or it does not pass. Either way, I think Greg Abbott and the state of Texas may not recover from what they've done because they have blood on their hands from the suicide that I believe will be attempted uh, from these trans youth. Well, let's let's be really clear. There there is no bill. There is no law. The governor acted based on an opinion from the attorney general of Texas. But neither the attorney general nor the governor can change the law on their own. Mm. That's not how a democracy works. Just like uh, Judge Jackson, who's been nominated for the Supreme Court, once wrote in an opinion that presidents are not kings. Uh, neither are governors. And so the governor of Texas can say that he believes supporting your child through their transition is child abuse, but that does not make it child abuse, not in Texas, not anywhere in this country. As you said, Michaela, the medical community is united and crystal clear on this issue, and that is that these decisions should be made between a doctor, parents, and their child, period. Not the government, a doctor, parents and the child and that's it and how many and how many trans children does governor abbott really actually know has he ever taken the time to get to know a family that has a trans child i I bet you the answer is no i will say this though somebody who's very very crystal clear on where they stand on this issue is beto o'rourke um who who just won the democratic primary to challenge governor abbott uh and he had this to say this crazy aggressive pursuit of transgender children in our communities and in our schools and in their families. When we have real challenges in the state of Texas right now, like seven out of 10 fourth graders cannot read at grade level. And it's not that- Okay, so he's being very, very clear. Mm -hmm. He's not just saying, okay, well, I I stand with the queer community. I, I stand with trans children. He said, quote, this crazy aggressive pursuit of transgender children. Like he was very specific. Um, yeah. Could this- the president of the United States in his State of the Union absolutely talked to, once again for the second year in a row, sent a message to, to trans kids everywhere. And it, it was inspiring. It was beautiful. It was important. But it also shouldn't be necessary. Okay, yes, but, but, we but, want the president to talk sure, about trans sure, of kids course. in the State of the Union. But also but not to have to say this in, in the face of an unprecedented wave of attacks against those. Kids. I hear you. My, my question is this. Um, in a time where, you know. Texas has sort of been a pipe dream for Democrats for a long time, right? And we we consider Texas to be super, super conservative, right? But parts of it are very much not conservative. And do you think that something like this, while it's it's, it's, it's hard right now, could this be uh, a bit of a gift to liberals and the progressive move, movement moving forward that Governor Abbott and his attorney general are just overreaching? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, again, you go back to... Anyone who's, who believes that they are conservative, believes that decisions should be left to individuals, sir, in no way can support this absurd decision by the governor to stand in the way of parents taking care of their children. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is telling Texas parents that he knows better than they do how to raise their child, how to care mm. for their child. That should offend every conservative in this country, especially those in Texas who are living under it. Amen. But I, I, I do think that, like, 
for our community and for trans kids in Texas, for trans people everywhere, um, you know, I think that the the message from the president was important. I think the message from Beto O'Rourke, who is running to be governor, is important. And I think a message that that Lisa Middleton, who is the first transgender mayor in California, she is the mayor of Palm Springs. She's so fabulous. She gave a a scathing rebuke to Governor Abbott just a couple days after uh, that horrible offensive letter. And she said, you cannot change a child into someone they are not. But what you can do and what this Texas directive will do is break their spirit. Samuel Garrett-Pate, that's the perfect way to end the show. We've literally run out of time. We love you. We love Lisa Middleton. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, coming up, this pop star couldn't find enough representation when it comes to women like her, so she created a show about it. Will you watch? We'll talk about it in What's Poppin'. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Just a reminder, coming up in our next hour at 820 Pacific, 1120 Eastern, we're going to be joined by a mother of a trans child from Orlando, Florida, talking about uh, how the Don't Say Gay bill is affecting her family and others like hers across the state. Uh, it's a hateful bill. Ron DeSantis is human trash. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, he's, he has lost every ounce of respect I maybe ever even had for him. Uh, but she's going to be sharing a human personal story. You don't want to miss it. It's coming up in about 25 minutes from right now. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's time for What's Poppin'. I love this story. What's going on? Oh, I love this story. I love Lizzo. So Lizzo wanted to go on tour and do her thing, and she wanted her dancers to look how she looked, and she wanted that representation. Uh, but she couldn't find anybody. So she decided that she's going to make a show about it. And that's exactly what she did. It's her new Amazon Prime show, a reality competition series. Watch out for the big girls premiering March 25th on Amazon Prime Video where 15 dancers uh, vie for a spot on her next tour. Lizzo's celebrating not only her body, but others as well. And I love this story. She said, I needed dancers. We had an audition and it was all these girls and they were beautiful dancers, beautiful people. They just didn't look like me. And so now she's holding a competition for it. And uh, I think it's great. So congratulations, Lizzo. Always embracing the body positivity of it all. If this is not on brand, I don't know what it is. I know. Literally. You can make a show out of anything nowadays. And I love it. A hundred percent. So congratulations, Queen. I will be tuning in. I, I remember watching So You Think Could Dance. That's how I got my start doing. Uh, like on air stuff I did a podcast on camera for them like a decade ago and there was a dancer her name was I think Danielle Danielle I believe and she was like she was thick like she was for for the comp like the competitors that are on a show like that and for like a lyrical type dancer like she I think she was her contemporary she was maybe a size 10 or 12 yeah. which is not that big yeah but for the show she looked five times bigger than every single contestant and she was fierce I think she made top four um and that was like, they made a big deal of it back then. Yeah. So this is a huge deal. I love it. I can't wait to see it. Now, coming up in the next hour, the Don't Say Gay Bill is deeply affecting children. And we have a mother of a trans son joining us to talk about her experience firsthand coming up. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show in about 15 minutes from right now, we're actually joined by a mother of a trans child living in Orlando, Florida, uh, who's going to talk to us, give us a personal account on how the Don't Say Gay bill and the conversations surrounding that in the state of Florida are affecting her family and families like hers. Uh, It's a powerful conversation. You're going to want to be here for it. So stick around. 15 minutes from right now, she's going to be joining us. Um, 
I'm looking forward to this. Same. So Same. Too often we don't humanize the experience. We don't humanize how these uh, this legislation and, and the the actions of these politicians actually affect affect real lives in real time. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to actually be hearing from a mother of a trans child this hour. So stick around for that here on the Morning Beat. Shout out to our producer Vanessa for making that happen. Absolutely. So you're so so great at booking guests, by the way. So yes. thank you, Vanessa, for that. Uh, right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have for us, Michaela? All right, Babel students across Florida stage school walkouts in response to legislation dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill that would prohibit discussing sexual orientation and gender identity in the state's primary schools. Proponents of the measure, which is officially titled the Parents' Education Rights Bill, have contended that it would give parents more discretion over what their children can learn in school. And they say LGBTQ issues are not age appropriate for the age group. Students waving rainbow picket signs and shouting, we say gay and walkouts across the state in Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee and other cities rejected the assertions. We say gay! We say gay! We say gay! We say gay! Now, the language and the supporters of the bill and the rhetoric around the bill really shows what this bill is. And it's an attempt to hurt queer people like me, said a high school senior student who organized the station, sorry, the statewide protests on social media and led his school's protest in Palm Coast. After the rally, he said he was called into the principal's office and suspended indefinitely. He said he was punished for distributing 200 pride flags for the rally after having been advised not to do so by the principal. Uh, he's the school did not immediately respond to a request for comment. All right. In other news, months after being catapulted into the center of the international debate over whether transgender girls and women should be allowed to participate on female sports teams, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas is speaking out in an interview. And after months of relative silence, the college senior opened up about coming out, discussed her Olympic ambitions and pushed back on the unprecedented slew of attacks she's faced for living and competing as a woman. The very simple answer is that I'm not a man. I'm a woman, so I belong on the women's team. Trans people deserve that same respect every other athlete gets. Thomas revealed that she'd begin questioning her gender identity near the end of her time in high school. I felt off, she said, and disconnected with my body. During her junior year, Thomas came out to her friends, teammates, and coaches. However, in order to comply with previous NCAA policy, which required trans female athletes to undergo hormone replacement therapy for at least one year prior to competing on women's teams, she still had to compete on Penn's men's team. All right. Interesting stuff. I, I got to be honest. I still I still don't know how to respond to that because obviously all I want to do is be the most supportive of our community and of cis and trans women. I think sometimes the way to support is saying, OK, uh, until we have more information, let's not condemn anyone. Let's let things be as, like because here's the thing. If Leah Thomas has an advantage and is beating people because of that advantage, that's. That's crappy, but it's not the end of the world, right? We're seeing people fight for their lives, children's hospitals under attack in Ukraine right now. And this is like, so it's a real issue, but also life will go on. Yeah. So we I need, think we, a, I think I, we need I to get answers. I totally agree with you. I just, I still think it's such a bigger deal because it's not an attack on like, it's a no big deal. It's like, at what point do women... And cis women also have a chance to also have full equality as well and excel in what they're doing. And Well, certainly, yeah. It, 
and the things that cis women already have to endure and just it being National Women's History Month, we're talking about these beautiful special creatures that who are in the Ukraine giving birth mm. in these shelters and for them to not have equal rights to do whatever they want, even just here in America or have the advantage to just compete or do whatever it just it brings up a conversation that i always feel nervous to have it's a lot of conversations i I, no, i hear you what actually constitutes a woman then is the conversation yeah because as a trans woman if you tell a trans woman okay we can accept you as a woman but you're not a woman woman because you can't have children well i've never taken that stance women women can't have babies and i'm not saying i'm not saying that you are i'm saying that, that it's a very complex nuanced conversation and and sometimes people are so afraid of offending that they're not willing to have the conversation. But I want our trans women to feel supported and loved and encouraged. I want our trans female athletes to feel the same. Um, and I don't have all the answers. Of course, but I think we I have just, to be able to have the conversations. I think, though, and maybe we can bring this up next week. I think this is because the first time we've heard from Leah, she said that she didn't start questioning her gender until the end of high school. And then she went into college. Um, had to do a full year of hormone therapy before she could p- compete yeah. as a woman. And it's just different rhetoric, I guess, than I've heard. Um, like, my trans sisters, a lot of them knew when they were little girls. You mm-hmm. know, this was like a, a... It feels like very um, very quick. And it's not my experience, so I don't know. But to think like, okay, I'm in the wrong body at the end of high school, and then the following year, um, be on the women's team. I, I don't know. I guess there's just... Yeah. It's the first time I've heard from her, so I'm just kind of soaking it in and thinking yeah, about real. it all. And I think that I think the more often we can be like, yeah, I don't know how I feel, but I'm open to the conversation. I think that's the way forward. I yeah. think that's real. I, I respect that. All right. Well, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 41 in New York, 63 in L.A., 64 in Vegas, 72 in Palm Springs, 75 in Houston, and 72 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be strong because things will get better. It may be stormy now, but it never rains forever. Absolutely. All right, coming up, how the Don't Say Gay Bill is affecting children and their parents. We have one mother of a trans son who's joining us to talk about her personal experience next. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, so often when political discourse takes place and and these these conversations are being had or often too often not had and legislation is being passed, we focus on the right wing, left wing of it all. Republican versus Democrat. Who's right? Who's wrong? We point fingers and we don't get to the heart, to the root of the issue. Uh, And one woman who is doing the opposite of that, who actually is getting to the root of the issue, just wrote an article for Huffington Post uh, about the experience in Florida uh, of her son uh, coming out as trans to her and what that impact has had on her family and what she would like the world to know about this don't say gay bill that Ron DeSantis is pushing and what it actually uh, how it actually impacts real families. So we're so honored right now that the author of that article, Judy Schmidt, is on the line with us right now. Judy, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you so much, Judy. Oh, thank you both so much. It's it's really my honor to be here um, with talking with you. You guys have such important conversations. So thank you for making this one of them. Well, it's it's, it's your honor to be Maxim's mother. Yes. Um, (laughs) What has that experience been like, first and foremost? Uh, and, and how has that experience possibly changed in recent weeks as this conversation continues in the state of Florida and beyond? Yeah, I, I am lucky to be Maxim's mom, and he's a great kid. And since he, 
came to me last August and at bedtime and he said, Mom, I, I want to be a boy. I, I'm a boy. And I said, what does that mean to you? And he said, I, I want to I be a boy. We talked about it and he wanted to get a haircut. He wanted to change his name to Maxim. He chose that. Um, he wanted to wear boy clothes. So, um, you know, okay, I'm, I'm his mom. I've let him play with cars. I've let him, you know, wear shirts with trucks. If this is who he is, this is who he is. So um, we've got a more engaged and loving child since he said that to us. And we're the ones that refer to him as transgender, right? He doesn't. So this the stuff that's happening in Florida, you know, in recent weeks, it doesn't really impact him because he doesn't know the politics of it. Mm. He's just living his life. He's being Maxim. He's playing with his friends at school. And we're just loving and supporting him. You know, Judy, I think that that's the beauty of being children. They don't care. They don't say they're transgender. They just play with each other. They accept each other for exactly who they are until their parents get into their head. It's something that you said in this article is that a woman texts your husband saying, I don't want my daughter to play with Maxim because she's going to ask too many questions. And my favorite yeah. thing about my five-year-old niece is she asks so many questions. She's the most inquisitive kid I've ever met. And she really is relentless, but she just wants to know yeah. things. There's no judgment. She just like wants to know. And, you know, I went to Catholic school. My mom's a lesbian and the kids didn't make fun of me until the parents started making fun of me. So how do you explain right. to your little boy that the little kids want to be his friend, but it's the parents who won't let them? How do you protect him from that? It's been, that's that's a really great point. And that's actually one of the, the things that I dislike most about this bill is that it doesn't, um, it's very ambiguous in terms of how those conversations come about in the classroom like when maxim came back to school with a short haircut and a new name his teacher had to reintroduce him to everybody and how does the conversation and the comfort change with this bill but to your point um with the the friends of my son the kids you know they they were best friends how do i tell my son you can't play with that a child anymore because their parents are the ones that don't want us around. I've just basically said, you know, well, we can't have a play date with them right now. Maybe, you know, maybe sometime in the future we're, we're really not seeing them much these days, but it's hard because they're our neighbors and we do see them all the time. So, um, you know, they've just stopped asking for play dates. The kids talk to each other from, you know, across the way. Uh, we're very cordial with the parents, but, um, you know, he just accepts that he doesn't, I haven't had to explain the hate to him and, and, I want to keep him in that bubble of acceptance for as long as I can because he is so young. Uh, listen, Judy, your your story is so powerful, and I think this is so helpful to so many people. If you're just now joining us, uh, we're speaking with Judy Schmidt, who just wrote an article for the Huffington Post about her son, her six-year-old son, Maxim, and his, his journey as a young transgender boy in the state of Florida, where the Don't Say Gay Bill right now is like the most talked about issue. So I'm from Ohio, a very, very, very conservative small town, right? And yeah. I'm the most liberal, progressive person. Like, I, I, I support everything. But I also understand sometimes that really good-intentioned people, good Christian people or people of, of strong moral values, get it wrong because they are misled. So for mm -hmm. those parents out there right now who might think they look at your story and they think, well, you need to do better as a parent because your child might just be confused right now and you need to guide them in the right direction. What would you say to those parents? 
Oh, um, this isn't just about a toy choice or, um, you know, uh, wanting short hair. Uh, this is this is deeper. If your child is saying, I'm not who I look like, listen, just take a moment and listen and be open. Do your research. That's, you know, what we did. We were instantly accepting, but I had to do a lot of research to understand just what this meant and the harm that I would do. I mean, by allowing him to be himself, I, I've cut back his risk of suicide when he's mm. in middle school and, and as a teenager. And isn't that what's most important is the health of your child? Like, just let them be them at the same point that people say, oh, he's six. He doesn't know, but he's six. He doesn't know. So yeah. just let it be. Just listen to your child. They're so much smarter about themselves than we think they are. Mm. You know, Judy, I want to go to your conversation about um, you, you hopefully protecting Max from suicidal thoughts. Unfortunately, with this don't say gay bill, you actually said if a child doesn't come from an affirmative family and then this bill passes where they have to go to school and they truly cannot be themselves, uh, the suicide risk is so much higher. And even the Trevor Project, which we love and mm -hmm. appreciate so much, has been taken off of many websites now uh, because they're really trying to take all help away from from these children and from these parents. Yeah, the state of Texas just took them off their website completely. I think it's so oh. disgusting. And it's to your point when you said if, however you would say, like, we can talk about a little girl liking a little boy. We can talk about all these, like, heterosexual things and, and girls liking pink. But we can't talk about a, a, our trans kids or the same sex or parents of the same sex. When you say that, what are you met with? Because to me, that makes so much sense. Like, what is the argument when you've made that point? <laughs> I think it's just that um, some people have a, a vision and a, and a thinking of how things should be. And I don't think that they can get over how someone looks, how they are born, um, you know, that God has given them this gender uh, and that by trying to go along with the flow that we are going against, you know, the God-given um, life that, that that child has. And I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've changed anybody's mind, but I've been able to convince anybody who is that strong in their thinking. But um, I will say that you know, I come from a family with Methodist ministers, and my uncle and, and his wife, uh, he's a retired Methodist minister. His wife, one of the first people to be welcoming and, and, and embracing of my child. So mm -hmm. I, I think that it really depends on how you've grown up, um, you know, the, the experiences you have. There are just some people I'm not going to convince. Um, mm. I just wish we could convince the lawmakers that this bill is going to do more harm than good. Well, Judy Schmidt, I, I want to ask you before we let you go. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm about to marry my fiance of nine and a half years. Uh, Michaela is in my wedding. Thank you. She's in my wedding party. And his father was a Methodist minister for 47 years uh, from Georgia. Yeah. And when my sister came out and told me, my blood relative told me that she would not be at my wedding because that's not what God had intended for me. And it would break her heart and mm -hmm. she would cry. I leaned on my fiance's father 
as a man of faith mm-hmm. to help me through that. And he was not, that's not where he was a couple of years ago or a few years ago. It took him time to come around. And while, yeah. while reaching out to somebody like Ron DeSantis might not move the needle, I do know that even right. within our own community, there are still some yeah. who, you know, maybe want to support trans rights, but don't quite understand it. Gay men who fought for their rights through the AIDS crisis, who now look at the trans fight as something completely different and don't, don't see the similarities that we're all one community to those people who might have good intentions and want to do better, but just don't have the information. What would you say to those listeners right now? Keep doing your research, reach out to an ally, reach out to someone that you may know who is out, just be open to understanding. I, I, I think that's really it. Just having an open mind, keep that open mind. And, and email me if you want, because I'm happy to talk about it. Mm. Judy Schmidt, you're incredible. You're an and, and just something that came to my head before we let go is what I find so interesting. The same people who are so pro-life, pro-life are the same people taking away sites and resources to help children who are feeling suicidal. And I think that says yeah. everything about the Republican Party and homophobia. And yeah. I'm so sorry, but thank you for spreading your message. We love Maxim. He is just going to soar. and um, so lucky to have you he's mm. so lucky to have you thank you Absolutely. i'm lucky to have him he's awesome and you guys are awesome thank you so much thank Thanks, you mama good morning b channel q all right let's lighten things up a bit because i've got a bone to pick and, and i'm not the only one now there's a lot going on in ukraine obviously these hateful legislation that's being passed in florida and texas very serious stuff but also what gets me upset right now currently in the most superficial way on earth, is when somebody tries to ruin the wordle of the day. Oh, I get to play this game one time. And I tell you what, if one more person tries to spoil wordle Don't for me, do that. you've got six tries to get a five-letter word right, and I've never missed one until yesterday. And this one's actually not because somebody spoiled it. It's because the word was so ridiculous. Ugh. It's not even a real word. It was a British company, by the way. So sometimes these words are a little bit strange. My mom's like, that's not a word. I'm like, well, it is in the UK, right? The word yesterday, I don't want to tell you what it was. Okay. But I was so frustrated. I got like three letters right, right away. And then in six tries, I couldn't figure out the word. I was even looking things up, trying to figure out five letter words that had those letters in them. I still couldn't figure it out. Are you onto the wordle craze? No, babe, I'm not. Well, I think it's a good Weird distraction out. for people as we're in a, you know, Ukraine is at war right now and the entire world is watching and sending aid. Um, I and I, that too. I think it makes sense that people are so stressed right now. These simple, simple games, these word games are taking off right now. I love wordle. There's only one word per day, so you don't spend too much time on it. And after I'm done, I send it to my fiance, my mom, and my little sister, Mackenzie. Now, Mackenzie has stopped responding. So she's apparently okay. hit her limit. She's no longer in it. My mom still sends them to me every day. Mama Kath, she gets upset. She's like, where are you? Why didn't you Why didn't you play today? I'm like, I've been busy, mom. I've been busy. My fiance, he's pretty 50-50. He's hit or miss. But I'm trying to hang in there, right? Okay. I love this thing. Okay. What's your, you don't play Wordle. What no, is your what's no, your, what's honey, your game? No, because I have a life. Okay, okay, baby. Michaela. And I love you. You're so much more important no, than the rest of us. No, that's not what I'm so saying. So every one of our listeners right now who plays Wordle, she thinks you're trash is what she's saying. So that's Michaela no, Gordon. No, babe, I'm not. Because a lot of people are playing this thing. I'm not saying that. And everybody that plays Wordle, like I respect 
the you have hurdle conversations. of getting through the day. You have full conversations with your dog who you're convinced talks back to you. So First that's of all, what you're spending fair, your time doing. I'm spending my time okay. taking Rocco to Runyon, sure. who also walked himself down the hill yesterday because he decided he did not want to participate in the activity. Okay. But I will say, no, I don't play Wordle because I just don't. But I was addicted to solitaire. Oh, on the computer? Yes. Oh, of course. Oh, my, and then I would be like, He's playing solitaire. You know the Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. song? I would like sing that as I was playing solitaire. But you're from Vegas. Did you ever switch to the version where you could play for money and you have to bet and every card's worth $5? No, Did no, you play no, that no, version? no, no. No, listen. I, I learned, would lose every time. I learned one thing about being from Vegas. I do not gamble, honey. I have seen people's lives turn into shambles. When I had my residency in Vegas, this is no Tino Shade. I would get done with my show and then Lisa would get done with her. I would hop over from my show and we would go, me and my bandmates would go watch Lisa DJ. And she gets done around 3 a.m. and people would be so drunk and they would be gambling Mm. and then they would gamble their house. Like people would walk out with no money. Yeah, there's a reason Vegas is so fancy and has so much money because it's all yours. Yeah. You spend it. So if you're playing Wordle, you're doing good because you're not spending any money. <laughs> you're minding your Just own business. don't guy. ruin the word of the day. B Morning B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. This What's Poppin' is so sad. Uh, we've had this guest on our show. He's fantastic, wildly talented, uh, and is going through it right now. Michaela, what do you have for us? Uh, Darren Chris is sharing a heartbreaking tribute after his brother died by suicide. Uh, Darren revealed yesterday that his older brother, who's 36 years old, had been struggling with depression in, in recent months. And in a very lengthy post, he said, It breaks my heart beyond measure to say that my beloved brother Charles has left us. His loss leaves behind a debilitating fracture in the lives of his mother, his brother, his three small children, and their respective mothers. I've spent what already feels like a small eternity trying to wrap my head around it, something I suspect I'll be attempting to do for the rest of my life. But in that short time that I've had to process everything, I've managed to put some words together that may help with some of the questions you may have. I love my brother so much, and I know he loved me right out of the womb. He was my instant ready-made best friend. It's heavy. And from that moment on, we absolutely loved being together. Charles and Darren were inseparable, a dynamic duo. We shared nearly everything and looked out for each other. He said depression was the only thing that outmatched everything else. He goes on to say in this post that is extremely emotional um, that his mental health is what eventually took him. And I'll tell you, I think that we've all been very transparent with our journeys and our mental health journeys There's nothing that anybody so, so unfortunately can do for you when you're in that black hole. Mm. And as much as it feels good to have people checking on you, sometimes that even feels like a burden. It feels like a burden to have to talk. And I just, I really do. Look, I mean, I've been there. I say it from experience, but it's it's a difficult journey, depression and anxiety and these chemical imbalances that happen in coming out of a pandemic. And as much as we keep referencing, like, look at Ukraine, look at Russia, look at Armenia, look at Yemen, look at all of these places, look at these women, look at these men, look at these trans kids. At the end, end of the day, we are all human beings just trying to have a human experience with whatever we have or do not have. 
And life can be very difficult for some people. And you may not understand it. I may not understand it. We could see the most privileged people and be like, what? Or not. But mental health is so real. And when it's over, it's over. I mean, there's no going back. Like when it's the end, they're gone. And it's just really for all of us a note to me uh, also is to just be so kind to people like literally people are having such a hard time mm. three kids and if you think kids are going to save you right Lord. There, there's not a word i could add to that michaela that was so beautiful i will just say this you know from our, our entire family here at channel q to darren chris and his family we're sending so much love yeah yeah, he was, and also, can I just say, we both agree, he was such a lovely guest. He adored you, just knew you, nicest, remembered you. Just the nicest guy. Yeah, he. but I thought that was amazing. You had interviewed him, and he knew exactly who you were when you got on air. And that was so beautiful. It just shows the kind of man that he was, and whew, it's a tough one. All right, coming up in our final hour, when is enough enough when it comes to rent increase? Uh, one city has completely hiked up rent, and it just feels... Unbearable, we'll discuss. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Uh, TikTokers are going wild over rent increases. You know, we, we all Honey, have a little... as they should, well, yeah. baby. I just got my check this morning and it's all going to rent. I'm well, like, that, why do I live? It's real. Listen, <laughs> we just saw that, that overnight <laughs> gas prices went up by 11, 11 cents. Overnight, uh, and inflation is at seven and a half percent. People are struggling right now, and while a lot of uh, like landlords gave people a reprieve for a while, early pandemic, it seems like not just landlords, a lot of different corporations are trying to make up those profits that were lost right now, which is so heartless to me. Uh, but we're going to have a discussion about rent going up in one city by almost fifty percent. That's nuts. Um, also. We had a really powerful conversation last hour with the mother who wrote an, uh, an article in the Huffington Post about her experience as the mother of a trans six-year-old boy in Florida, the state where the Don't Say Gay bill right now is getting so much attention, as it should. And she just shared her personal story. We're very, very Beautiful. proud of it. If you missed it, uh, we're going to play it, I think, tomorrow during our Best Of show tomorrow morning, so you can listen to it there. Or head over to wearechannelq.com right now, download the Odyssey app, because we're also a podcast, so you can listen to us at your leisure. Well, let me tell you something before we get into this hour. Uh, one of our listeners just DM'd me, um, and I adore this listener. He's DM'd before. Um, his name is Brian. He said, I listen to you guys every morning, and y'all always crack me up. That's why it hurts my heart to hear the sad news about Charles Chris. I can hear it in your voices. I'm super sorry for you guys. Love you all. So, Brian, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we Darren, love yeah, you. Yeah, Chris's brother uh, uh, unfortunately took his life recently and Michaela shared the details and what's popping just moments ago and, and just sort of shared a personal yeah. experience that was very heartfelt and that's exactly who Michaela Gordon is uh, you know we crack jokes a lot here and we can keep things funny and silly but you are one of the most compassionate uh, deepest human beings I actually know oh my god babe it's not always the persona that maybe that the world sees of you you know because yeah, you were the zany 16 year old from American Idol who idolized Fran Drescher and Dolly Parton but <laughs> Those women also Iconic. also are very deep. Absolutely. I love you. Thank you for that compliment. Me, babe. I'm as deep as a mud puddle. No, that's not true. Ah. 
Come on. That's not true. That's why we're best friends. Amen. Uh, and Brian, thank you for taking the time to write to us. If you guys listen and you ever want to share anything with us, you can always DM us to me at Michaela Gordon, at underscore AJ Gibson, at We Are Channel Q, whatever you want. If you want us to say something, because listen, we're here for you guys, mm-hmm. okay? Like we show up in the morning and on days where we're like, I don't know if I can do this. It's because of these messages that we're like, okay, at least we're cracking somebody up. Yeah, we're doing you know something. What? It's Channel Q. We might be small, but we're mighty. Yes. And we only exist because of you, so thank you. I know. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to give you the riveting news on the beat that you all wait for oh every single Lord. day. Here goes. <laughs> and I might get all the words right. But Baby. probably not. Maybe. It's Wordle. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, my news on the beat is Wordle every day. <laughs> maybe, Figure out this six-letter word. Yeah, maybe you should play Wordle. It's a five-letter word, Michaela. That's why God. I don't play Wordle. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to say the news. You know so many four-letter words, though. You do know a lot of those. I know a lot of four-letter words. <laughs> all right. Alabama lawmakers. Advanced legislation that would make it a crime for doctors to give transgender minors puberty blockers, hormones, or surgeries to help affirm their gender identity. The bill is one of several such measures being proposed in state houses across the country. The House Judiciary Committee approved the Senate-passed legislation, which now moves to the full Alabama House of Representatives. The committee also approved an identical House version of the bill. The bills would make it a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison for a doctor to prescribe puberty blockers or hormones or perform surgery to aid in the gender transition of people 18 years old or younger. Allen argued that children are not mature enough to make a decision about the medications and likened it to how lawmakers have passed legislation to protect children from alcohol, smoking, and vaping. It is not good to give these medicals, medications to these children, and I consider it to where it would be abuse. To give these long-term drugs to these children, he said, opponents said lawmakers are inserting themselves into decisions that belong to families and doctors. I have a point. When I started my period, I was around 11 years old and I got really bad cramps. It was very irregular. When I went to the doctors, a gynecologist at around 12 years old, they opted to put me on birth control and I wasn't sexually active, but they said that birth control would help regulate periods, which is something that they often do for women. And it's just estrogen, really. And uh, there are major, major studies coming out now that because young women were put on birth control at such a young age, they are now dealing with PCOS, which is something that I've been diagnosed with, which causes irritability, depression, and the number one cause for infertility. And it's all stemming back to birth control that's being treated not for young women who are sexually um, active, but for cramps and things that sort of out, are out of our control that it also is supposed to regulate our hormones. So you tell me why it is such a big deal to go after our trans youth and their hormones, but you're letting young women take these steps to taking birth control and then allowing these women to grow up and be some of them extremely infertile, which is something that I'm dealing with currently. Mm. Like it doesn't make sense. And I feel like oftentimes it's whatever benefits them. It's whatever benefits that benefits them biblically. If they don't like gay kids or trans kids, mm-hmm. they're going to stop everything that they want. But women, that's okay. Let them take the birth control. Let them, you know, it's just unbelievable. It's interesting. You know, I sent you ladies an article last night. We're always like in a, in a group thread sending each other stories that we want to cover here on the Morning Beat, things that we think will be impactful for our listeners and and helpful as well. And sort of in that vein, there was a report that came out that um, for the first time, I believe ever, more women are actually able to get abortions now with the use of a pill. 
as opposed to going in and having a procedure done. So what's happening, I think, with a lot of these bills and a lot of this legislation, it's changing the way that things are done. It's evolving medicine. It's evolving science in a way that's really fascinating uh, and it is also oftentimes hateful. And so it's important that we keep talking about all aspects, every prong of this multi-faceted like like faceted wheel and, and have these conversations. And yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's hypocritical. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. I mean, it's just hypocritical because they're not doing it for any other reason than to be ignorant. Because if it was coming out of good intentions, they would worry the same way about all youth, including women, and making sure that they weren't totally ruining their reproductive systems. There's that depth I was talking about, people. There she is. Yeah. She's passionate. So upset about it. Um, okay, let's get into some weather. I'm also very passionate about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the temperature in your town. It's got to be 72 in Palm Springs. <laughs> 64 in Vegas. Disgust. I have to go to Vegas. Didn't we decide that we're 77 degrees, people? You need to pack a sweater. God, I hate that. 63 in LA, 41 in New York, and 72 in Cathedral City. And give us a vibe of the day. Be strong because things will get better. It may be stormy now, but it never rains forever. Unless you live in Seattle. So sorry about that. <laughs> Seattle, it does rain a lot there. That is the true. rainforest, also pretty wet. The island of Kauai, uh, notoriously wet as well. Okay, Kauai. Love it. Love. Okay, coming up, uh, TikTokers are very upset about the way that rent is spiking up. It's just completely unaffordable. What do you think about it where you live? Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Remember the days when you could grow up, get a job, and then go buy a house and start a family and live like that perfect life? Well, they're gone for many, many people, myself included. I'm 41 years old. I still live in an apartment, and my rent is higher than anybody I know back home. Anybody who has a mortgage, uh, I had a friend I remember years ago said, oh, I got a mortgage on a home. My mortgage is like $900 a month, and I laughed in his face. That's ridiculous. Uh, Here in California, in Southern California in particular, rent's high. Right, but we're protected in the state of California. Our rent can only increase by three percent per year, uh, thanks to legislation passed by the you know the California legislators. Fantastic. Some places, not the case. New York City is one of those places. The entire state, there are no regulations on what landlords can do. So during the pandemic, there's a lot of relief offered to people, which was a really great thing. We saw our country coming together, and people were getting the support they needed. Right. Well, then our producer finds a series of TikTok videos that are now going viral of young people in New York City saying, my rent has increased by 48%. What am I supposed to do? Well, as it turns out, I did a little digging. And according to Bloomberg Wealth, uh, the median asking rent in Manhattan, the main, the, you know, the main borough of New York City, uh, is now $3,000 a month, which is the highest it's ever been. Okay, now here's what happened. Pandemic happens, quarantine happens for about 18 months. People left the city in mass and droves back to Connecticut and Pennsylvania, wherever they were from, right? Nearby states. Well, now they're coming back. And there's such such a demand for apartments that these landlords are making as much as they're raising rent by as much as 70% now in New York City. How's that possible? How are we okay with that? I think that honestly, people lost so much money in the pandemic and rent at one point was so low in New York because they were just trying to get anybody to pay literally anything. Mm. And now that jobs seem to be on the up and up and things are getting easier, they're trying to get it back to where it was and then also add additional uh, money to your rent. The unfortunate thing about it is... 
I will use myself as an example. Lisa and I moved into an apartment that was a little bit out of our price range a couple months ago. But as you do with everything else, it had the things that we wanted. Rent is still high. You adjust. We're not in yeah. a position to buy mm-hmm. like we would love to, but LA is a very, very expensive You're market. You're not in a position to buy, to buy in LA. Lisa right. has multiple properties, we should point out, uh, yes. in Las Vegas because she does have the money, but here in LA, it's astronomical. Totally. And and for some people, you could have the money to buy in LA and you just refuse because it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we have to live here. We decided to rent. I just got my paycheck uh, from this job. That whole check will go to my rent. Absolutely. And if I didn't have multiple streams of income with my singing, with other gigs, mm-hmm. I would then literally not have money now for two weeks. And we're, we're in pretty, I mean... By and large, on the average, we're in a pretty privileged position based on, you know, what we do for a living, how often, like how many hours a day we work and what we're actually paid. Yeah. You know, because I mean, there. my brother lives in a place where the, the average income is about $16,000 a year. He lives in Missouri in a very, very poor place. And that's, that's successful there. Here, if you make six figures, you're still struggling. You're still looking for side gigs in places like Los Angeles and New York. There's a story here of a young 25-year-old flight attendant. His name is Brandon Himes in this Blue, Bloomberg article. It says he moved back to New York City last year um, after being furloughed. Moved back into, he moved back to, to Phoenix with his family for a while while he was furloughed. It's a very common story, right? Then he moves back to a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in the East Village in Manhattan last November. You know how much how much he paid for that? $1,700, which is insane for a two-bedroom in New York City, right? That was a good deal. But this is even more insane. In one year's time, now that these these this relief has been, it's expired, his rent went from $1,700 last year to $2,900 this year. That's a 70% increase. He asked his landlord, didn't get an explanation, and there's not a thing in the world he can do about it. It's Crazy. 70% in a year? But also, let me tell you something. These landlords are out of control. And before anyone says anything, like um, my dear AJ said, Lisa is a landlord. Lisa owns homes that she rents out. So I understand the perspective of both sides. I understand that landlords also lost a lot of money and had renters who didn't pay. I get it all. However, where we live, you still have to give explanations. It still has to make sense. Also, if things don't work, for example, right now, something in our apartment doesn't work and it hasn't since we moved in. Can you still charge me full rent? Like there's so many different things. And the fact that these landlords are taking it out on, I mean, look, it goes both ways. It, it totally goes both ways. The fact that these renters are, are being asked to kick up their sure. rent doubly is so unfortunate because one woman here says, me, finally happy and getting used to my life in New York City. My landlord, your rent is increasing from $2,500 to $4,950. I mean, come on, we're out of the pandemic. Everyone's trying to get their lives back well, together. We're, we're easing out of the pandemic, but the, the hard thing is that U.S. billionaires got 60% or 62% richer during the pandemic, right? This is information that we know. This is real. And what's happening here is... These landlords are just hardworking people too. They're trying to like put food on the f- table for their families. Totally. So what happens too oftentimes is the conversation goes to the people versus the people. When the billionaires and the politicians who control everything continue to get more money. Yep. I think I think I read yesterday that Moderna and Pfizer made like $52 billion last year off COVID vaccines. It's right? crazy. Yeah. Somebody's making money. Yeah. 
It's not these 25-year-olds, though, who are just trying to, like, survive in these tiny apartments in New York. And it's not these landlords that are trying to survive from having rent not paid in the pandemic. There's got to be a better way. Really, it does. Tell me something good. This one right here is for Michaela Gordon. It's something you already know you experience on a regular basis, but I want to let you know that you're not crazy. There's factual evidence now uh, to back up your claim that your dog Rocco likes to laugh. Oh, my... A UCLA graduate student and professor found vocal play signals, better known as laughter, in at least 65 species of animals ranging from cows to seals. This was an article published in Bioacoustics. It's a peer-reviewed journal, so it's very real. Uh, and <laughs> says, this work lays out nicely how a phenomenon once thought to be particularly human turns out to be closely tied to behavior shared with species separated from humans by tens of millions of years. Animals laugh, people. Animals laugh. Never going to go. I'm not. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I don't like to read your tell me something good story so I can give you an authentic reaction. This is as authentic as it's going to get. Listen. I did not know you were going to tell this story, and I didn't know that my dog laughs. I tell everybody he totally he laughs. laughs. Rocco. Oh, God, Rocco. God, Rocco. God, I love you. You guys, I'm not kidding. I've seen him laugh. You've seen him mm-hmm. laugh. And I swear to God, I'm like, he's laughing. And people are like, he's not laughing. He's a dog. No. Oh, he's You can tell laughing. them now. The, the downside to this is I love a good ribeye, medium rare. And now knowing that cows laugh is difficult. They're happy cows. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> Listen, yeah. we're going to be vegan by the end of this year, thanks to Vanessa. <laughs> we might not even eat anymore. I'm afraid to eat a carrot. It's for the rabbits. What do I know? Okay, this story is amazing. Ukraine's first lady just shared a powerful message about women on the front line. Uh, In a moving Instagram post, Zelenska declared her admiration for her incredible compatriots who are a vital part of the resistance. Um, First of all, she's so beautiful. And not that that's like the moral of the story, but she really is. I think that we've always shown a lot of love to all of our first ladies, but she looks um, just so beautiful and classy in the way that she is spotlighting the women who are protecting children in war shelters and those who have been forced to give birth in the shelters themselves. Um, She's the first lady who also remained in Ukraine with the president and their children ensured that the devoted efforts of individuals, but especially women, do not go unnoticed. In her post, Zelensky paid tribute to those who heal, save, and feed volunteers who are supporting the war effort and those who continue to keep the country running. She said ahead of International Women's Day on March 8th, she shared these pictures of women on the front line um, and of women providing essential health care services to those injured and then also women just tending to their children while also learning how to like shoot a gun. And I actually didn't think of this until right now. Imagine giving birth in a war shelter while this is all happening. I can't imagine even just being pregnant. I can't imagine um, any woman having to go through that while taking care of multiple children while breastfeeding. Like there's so many elements to what these women are having to endure. And um, I'm so happy that she brought attention to it so that we could just continue honoring them. Yeah. So many Americans on their worst day couldn't imagine a fraction of what the Ukrainian people are going through right now. And if it doesn't put, you know, into perspective, sort of our own growing pains here as Americans in recent years, nothing will. You know, know, it's really funny just because this topic has come up. A friend of mine just had a baby, but she did an at-home birth. And I said, well, how was that? Like, didn't you want an epidural? Because... You know, it helps to ease the pain. You can't feel anything. 
And she said, no, we took a natural Lamaze class to learn how to like breathe through the pain so that we could deliver it naturally because I just don't want any of that in my body. And I said, God, it feels like it would just hurt so bad. And she said, Michaela, women have done it for thousands of years in their tribes, in tents, in places, in the woods. Like Mm -hmm. we don't need epidurals to give birth to children. It's just something that we were like told to do. Women do it all the time, multiple times. And I was like, God, you're right. And God, we're good. Like, woo! Could you imagine? I, I mean, would women... need three epidurals. Seriously. What? The way I had cramps yesterday, I was like, take me out now. I just, I think that women are so incredible. And it is National Women's History Month. And, uh, and we just acknowledge them. And the first lady who's tending to her children while her husband, the president, is on the front lines as well, which has to be very stressful. Um, and so that's the perfect way to end the show. And um, the so first women week... are better than men. That's what I'm t- for the entire month at least. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah, honey, it, perfect. It's okay, true. great. I'm, I'm, I mean, I feel I've that. known that for years. Yeah, listen, you don't fight me on it. If anything, you tell me. So I appreciate it. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Please do try to take care of yourselves. Get some rest. And and for now, we have three hours of really great music for you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 